Well, you can take your seats this morning. It's great to, to be here. It's great to, to see so many men overcome adversity and make it. I see my brothers in the front row. <laughs> got the kids together. Well done. It's, uh, it's good. We've got a bunch of uh, women, a women's retreat uh, this morning. So they're gathered uh, down south together, which is, which is awesome. They've had a, a great weekend uh, so far. And I know they're, uh, they'll be back uh, soon enough. So just hang in there, Heath. It won't be long. But uh, it is, it's good to be here. And we're continuing today in, in our series. For those of you who were here last week, we started a new series, No Plus Ones, uh, looking at the book of Colossians and uh, the letter that Paul wrote. And this morning, we're, we're going to be looking at a, at a few verses and mainly uh, this, this section in one to, um, 15 to 20, uh, chapter 1, 15 to 20, where, where Paul is, is writing essentially what, what is a poem here and it, it's a, in, within the letter, talking about who Jesus is. You know, last week we spent a little bit of time uh, in the Word and, and having a look at what it means not to, to have any plus ones and that, you know, we, we need to get to know Christ and we need to focus on Him. And this, this I guess, this writing that He's done is, is giving us a, a glimpse and an insight into who Jesus is. And there's a few kind of key points in here that I think when we understand them, we begin to understand who Jesus is more. And, you know, we don't want to just know more about Him as we, we learned last week. We want to know more of Him so that it can impact who we are that it can shape the, the way we, we live our lives, that we live with a, a great knowledge of who He is and, and how that plays out in our life. And so there's a few things here that we just wanted to pull out this morning, that if we can understand these, if we can apply them, if we can really grasp them uh, about Jesus and who He is, it's going to help us in our, in our day-to-day. It's going to help us live a life uh, for Him, which is what we all uh, want to do. And so, you know, as we've, we've read through these, the, the first thing that I really want to just pull out of this is that He is the first and He is the greatest. When we look at who Jesus is, these verses talk about, it's repeated through there, that He is the firstborn, that He is the first, that He was there at the beginning. He wasn't created later on. Jesus wasn't created later on as an addition to anything, but He was the first and He is the greatest. He's fully God and that He is the greatest. It talks in there that He is the supreme overall. He's the head over the church. He's the head over the body. And, and we've got to grasp that in our lives, that He is the first priority in our lives, but also He is the greatest that He is supreme over all. And as I was thinking about this, I was thinking about being in high school, uh, early high school, and you know, uh, one of the, the, the great things about school was like the bus trip uh, on an excursion or, or somewhere like that. And I had a group of mates and we probably weren't the, the best kids to have on the bus. And later on after working in schools, I, I learned to not appreciate that kind of student that I was, uh, but probably reaped what I sowed a little bit. And I remember one uh, day early in, in, it was early in the school year and we were on the bus and we were looking around trying to, to figure out where the teacher was, you know, like to, you want to not sit anywhere near the teacher, so if there's any mischief or you don't want them to hear what you're doing, you're, you're kind of away uh, from the teacher. And so we thought we'd done that really well. And so I can't remember exactly what we were doing. It probably involved throwing things at, at kids further down uh, the bus and, you know, just being a bit of a nuisance. And this voice kind of, we'd been at it for a little while and we we're laughing and we we're like, this is great. There's no one around and we're having fun. And, you know, people are looking around trying to see who did it. And we're all like, not us. Um, and and this, this voice kind of comes over and goes, you probably want to stop doing that voice. And I kind of look over and I'm like, who's this cat? Um, you know, and one of the boys goes, well, what are you going to do about it? Like, you're new here, obviously. And he's like, boys, you actually find I'm your teacher. And we're like, oh, no. And what had happened is we got a fresh teacher straight out of uni who looked like a 14-year-old boy at the time. And so this guy's been standing there the entire time listening to everything that we were doing. And uh, we were like, what are you going to do about it, new boy? Come on, like, just 
mind your own business, we're having a good time. And he's like, you guys will be seeing me after class. And we're like, what, in our next class? And he's like, I would be your teacher. You need to listen to me. And uh, for the next six months, let me tell you, it was incredibly awkward uh, with this teacher that we happen to have every day, uh, this baby-faced, fresh teacher. And as I think about that story, and I think about uh, what happened in that moment is we did not recognize him for who he was or the authority that he had over us. Once we realized that we changed our behavior super fast, like there was no more throwing things, uh, there was no more making fun of him, uh, you know, there was plenty of detentions to be handed out. But the reality was he was actually really gracious about it. I imagine he felt pretty awkward. He went pretty red pretty fast when he realized how baby-faced he actually was, uh, that he was not even recognized as a, as a teacher. But I think about that moment and then I compare that to how sometimes I live my life. That the greatest influence in my life is not always Christ. Yet he's always present, he's always there. But sometimes it's my failure to recognize his authority in my life. The fact that he is the first, that he is the greatest, that he is the supreme overall. And the greatest authority in any room at any time in any circumstance. And that never changes. See, whether I recognized that man as my teacher in that moment or not, didn't matter. He was the teacher. He had the authority. He had the responsibility. He had the power of decision-making in that moment. And it doesn't matter whether we recognize that of Christ. It doesn't change who he is. It changes the impact he has on our lives. See, Jesus isn't there going, oh, I hope they recognize me today. I hope that they give me authority because if they don't recognize me, then I'm diminished. He is still supreme, he's still the greatest, he's still the first overall. He's still the head of all things. He has the ability to change all circumstances. But when we don't recognize that, we don't give him the ability to do that in our own lives. It's actually about our perception that has the ability to change reality in that moment. And you know what we recognize out of these passages, and we talked about this a little bit last week, is that for the church, there were all these different influences. That, you know, following Jesus was this new way of, of living life. It was this new way of doing things. He changed everything when he came to earth. And there were plenty of people that recognized the existence of Jesus. They recognized that he lived. They recognized that he died. The difference was they didn't all recognize him as the greatest of all. The one who rose from the dead, the first over all things. That, that he was there to reconcile us, that he was fully God. And so the wrestle is for these people is, is that the Jesus that they believe in, the greatest, the greatest authority, or is he just another part of their faith? And Paul is writing to them, and, he, and he, you see as we read through this, and you would have seen it on the screens, the word all just keeps getting used because he's the, the point needs to be reiterated. He's the greatest over all things. And in our lives, when we look at who is Jesus and how do we live this out and what does it mean to have no plus ones, it doesn't mean that nothing else influences us. It doesn't mean that other things are not of great importance in our lives. But we realize that he is the greatest of all. He is the most important influence in our lives. And the battle uh, for these guys was the external influences that they're having, dealing with like transitioning in a time where Jesus was relatively new. The idea of being a follower of Christ and starting the church is relatively new and very different and culturally different. For us today, it's the same in the sense it is culturally different. Every day I feel like I read a new news article or a new census thing that talks about people uh, stepping back from, from being involved in church or, or religion as they call it and, and, and seeing it as irrelevant. It's not irrelevant. Christ isn't irrelevant. He is the greatest yesterday, today and tomorrow. 
But I think where people miss that is sometimes when we live out our faith, we don't recognize who Jesus is as that. But as we start doing that, it's amazing how things can change in our lives. It's amazing how much more relevant he becomes to our lives. In your life, is he the greatest? Every day, do you put him first? I know for me, that answer is not always yes, but I want it to be yes. And it's not always gonna be easy and it's not always gonna be our go-to because it's culturally different. But when we recognize this in Jesus, we recognize his authority, we recognize his greatness and we put him first, everything else changes. You know, the next, uh, the next little uh, part of this, it, it really is just one verse in verse 17, but I love that it says this, and we can whack verse 17 up on the screens. I love it. He is before all things, which we've just talked about. He is the first. But in him, all things hold together. You know, as we learn to put him first, as we learn to recognize who he is, he holds all things together. He holds our life together that he begins to help things take shape. See, Christ wasn't a new thing in the sense of like, oh, it's, it's a new, uh, new God or Christ didn't become a new God to these people. He became a link between God and man. There was obviously a great separation as we know as we read the story. And it's the missing link that Jesus becomes and he holds our faith together. But I also believe he holds our lives together. You know, we, we do this thing as a church, it's funny, uh, I spoke at our, our youth ministry on Friday night and those guys are doing an awesome job and one of the things I, I realised that has shaped a, a large part of my life even this morning as I go to it again is we do this thing every December called Carols in the Park and one of the things that we do is we, we set up uh, staging kind of uh, for, for, the, for the event so that, you know, the band and, and all that stuff are on there and there's this great group of men every year that kind of uh, come down and, and set up this stage and, uh, you know, those who have been around a while, you kind of get you get used to how it works. You kind of, you know, there's a system in place that we've got. And actually Brad Lewin is, is what I like to call the chief of the stage setup. He, he knows exactly how to do it. Uh, he's the he fastest ideas and gets it all going. It's awesome. And there's these great guys down there. But one of the things that's happened over time is every, the stage has all these different parts. So there's feet and there's legs and there's sides and the top that you put together. And we click it all together. It's a little bit like uh, Lego for men. It's awesome. And you, you put it together and but one of the things that's happened over time is that the side walls that we use to, to build the stage, they have these pins in them. And they're so small and they're kind of like insignificant. Like even when you're packing up, everyone knows to grab all the big parts. But often if you go back through, you find all these pins all over the floor. And every now and again, you get a new person kind of trying to put the stage together and you see them sitting there and you just watch them, I just watch them a distance for a little while and you can see them trying to make this thing work. But what's happened is the pins that are in the, the sides that link it all together are missing. And so they're there and they can't figure out how to do it. And there's all these things that will bring this stability. Like when you put the tops on, it's a bit more stable. And, you know, you need the legs. And, but without the pins, the entire thing is rendered useless. And these little things fall out all the time. They're only like this big. It's crazy that something like this big can hold an entire stage together. But without them, it's impossible to do it. And so we've had to have more made, like they're, they're missing all the time. You know, we, we do events and we throw them. Guys will just throw all the gear in the truck and they'll make sure they've got all the big bits and they'll count it all. And then we get away somewhere to this event and there's like heaps of things, missing pins. And so someone has to make like an hour and a half trip back to go grab some more or your stage gets dramatically smaller. And as I think about those little pins and I think about how crucial and important they are to holding everything together, that's the picture of Christ in our lives. 
that, you know, there's all these big important things that will grab our attention. We have families and we have jobs and we have things that are important. We have different influences that can come in and some of them are always so easy and clear to see that they grab our attention and we think they're the most important thing. But actually what's holding everything together is sometimes the thing that we don't see, that we don't always recognize, that we don't always give the credit to. And in our lives, in, in our lives, that should be Jesus. You know, I love that it says that he is the, the visible image of an invisible God. He holds all things together. And when I think about our lives and, and what that looks like and the, the roller coaster that's life, the ups, the downs, that he is the one thing that is constant and is there all the time. And he wants to hold us together. He wants to be the center of who we are. He wants to be that pin that brings stability to our lives. Is that the picture of Jesus in your life today? Or are there temporary fixes? You know, I love it in the, in the production world that they would think that gaffer tape and cable ties can hold everything together. Yeah, see, I hear that come on, but then one day I had no pins and I tried putting our stage together with gaffer tape and cable ties. It didn't work. It was not very stable. The cable ties, they were heavy duty cable ties, I'll tell you. They were not holding it together. And you know, the, the, the reality of that is that we always look for the cable tie or gaffer tape fix. Always look for the quick fix. Always look for the, the thing that seems like it's gonna fix the problem. But you know what I found the problem with the, the gaffer tape and with the cable ties was they weren't made out of metal. They didn't have the strength and the stability to hold it together. And in our worlds, we need to look to Christ first. If we want him to hold all things together, he needs to be the first point of call. Not just in the hard times, Jesus, can you fix this for me? But when things are going well, we wanna be celebrating that. We wanna be praising him. He's not just a God of the bailout. He's not just a, a God that's there when things are going uh, well or, or when we need him. He's there all the time. He wants to hold our worlds together. But we've gotta have the ability to look to him first. The, the, the next uh, thing that we learn about who Jesus is through these uh, passages, this is one of, one of my favorites actually, is that he is relatable. You know, he, it says there that he is the visible image. We talked about that before, the visible image of an invisible God. You know, sometimes the idea of this God in heaven can be, be hard to comprehend. But when you read about the life of Jesus, I love that not only was he fully God, but he was fully human. He came and lived a human life went through human difficulties and was able to overcome all of that because he was God. But you know what it does is it makes the God in heaven relatable to us. You know what I find in life is we're always looking for something to relate to. We're always looking for something that we can say, me too, I agree with that, I understand you. You know, one of the, the things that often I find relatable in, in my world are memes. Uh, I don't know how many people are into memes, maybe it's just me, but I know there's more because... Uh, they're everywhere and memes, you might call them memes, you might call them memes, you might call them memes as I heard someone call them the other day. But the idea of a, a meme, and I'm gonna show you a few in a moment, but the idea is often we see these things and you know, my wife will do this and I will do this. I'll see a, a, a meme on social media and I'll tag her in that and say, that's me or that's you <laughs> or someone will tag me and I'm like, yep, me too. Because we kind of relate to, to what's said in there. So we'll, we'll have a go at a few of these. Maybe we'll put out the first one. You know you're getting old when you rush home just to be like this. 
You know, I feel like that's me, I'm that pug. I just wanna get home from work. I wanna get uh, my son to bed and then that's it. I wanna uh, collapse on the couch. Many of us, as we, we get older, relate uh, to wanting to spend more time like that than out doing things. Let's shoot the next one. Bit more of a spiritual one. This guy's uh, clearly really into fasting. I actually used this on someone this week. They were fasting and I caught them eating and so I sent them this meme and I actually tagged them in it and they're like, me too. Uh, so, <laughs> and uh, we'll go to the next one. When you look through, this one's actually my wife. When you look through your recent transactions, trying to find a mistake, but there's no mistake because it was you, it was all you. You know, for those who are spenders, you'll see that. And there'll be some, this is this next one I'm gonna put out. This is my favorite uh, relatable meme for my life of all time at the moment. And there'll be some men feeling that this way as well. Let's, let's roll this one. You know, laying there just trying to catch some sun and then bang, in comes the child. Just one more time in case you didn't catch it. There it is. But you know, the idea, we can take that down, awesome. You know, the reality is as we watch these and as I've looked and seen the different reactions, we would not necessarily relate to all of these, but we would relate to some of them in some way. And, you know, in our world, we, we have this because we're all looking for something to relate to. We're all looking for something that understands us, something that we understand, something that helps communicate things about our life. Now, this is a really silly way to do that. Don't go too hard into the, the spiritual uh, need for memes, uh, please. But the reality is a lot of people actually spend too much time doing that, and I might be one of them. But relatability is so important. You know, we don't want to be in relationship with a God that is so distant that we don't understand. You know, I was talking before about people who, who think church and, and God and religion is irrelevant. And the reason why is because they can't relate to God. Maybe they see God as some distant stranger. You know, I was reading some statistics about uh, people who will often project the feelings that they have towards their parents onto God. That if their parent was an authoritarian, they think of God as an authoritarian who's there to, to punish them. If, they're, they're got, if their parents were absent or distant, then that becomes their, their feeling towards God, that he's not really there, that he's irrelevant, that he's... And I think it's not just in that context that we do that, but in so many contexts we take what has happened to us and our own experiences and how we relate to things, and we assume that that's God, that he wouldn't understand us, that he's not there that he's just here to judge us and punish us. But when we look and read about the story of Jesus, we understand that he was fully human, that we could relate to the life that he lived, that his struggles, a lot of them would have been the same struggles that we had. And the reason why he can overcome, he overcome them is because he was fully God. And so when we wanna think about the, the imagery and the picture of God, it's a God that loves us that cares for us, that sent a son to die for us, but that we could relate to who he was, that we can understand because he conquered all things, he is the greatest overall, that we can too. And now we have this ability to relate to him. I'm gonna in, invite the, the team to, to come back up. And I, I wanna finish with, with a couple of more verses as they, they come and join us. And verse 21 says, we'll go 21 and to 23. And it says, once you were alienated from God and you were enemies in your minds because of your evil behavior, but now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight 
without blemish and free from accusation. If you continue in your faith established and firm and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel, this is the gospel that you heard and has been proclaimed to every creature under heaven and of which I, Paul, have become a servant. You know, we understand out of all of this because of Christ, because of his supremacy, because of who he was, because he came and lived on earth and died on the cross and defeated sin, that we, firstly, we understand that we are reconciled to him. You know, it says we were once strangers with God. We were once aliens to to him. But now we are reconciled because of what he has done in our lives. And I think we need to remember that this morning. Some of us need that reminder of what he has done for us. Because when we remember what he has done, the incredible great act of coming and going to the cross, God sending his son. It truly does remind us of how great our God is and what he has overcome and and our ability to overcome. That once we were strangers, but now we're welcomed in. The other part of this that that I really love, and if I can find it again, If you continue in your faith, established and firm, and do not move from the hope held out in the gospel. You know, sometimes we just need to actually hang on. You know, sometimes we know all this stuff and and we we understand who Christ is, but things come to to rock the boat. Things come to to shake up our faith. There's this resistance sometimes to to following Christ. Sometimes it feels like we take a, a step forward and we're moving forward in our faith and something comes right up against us. Sometimes we've just got to hold on. Sometimes it's, our faith is just about hanging in there. Knowing that he's faithful, knowing that he's greatest overall, knowing that he can, we can relate to him, knowing that he knows us, knowing that he loves us, knowing that we're reconciled. And even though sometimes it doesn't feel like we can relate, sometimes it doesn't feel like our faith is the greatest thing in the world and we're moving forward and we're doing well and we're, we're living out this life for Christ exactly how we would want it to. I feel like it really never looks like that for me. And in those moments, I just need to hang on because I know I'm gonna get it wrong. I know sometimes I'm gonna be discouraged. I know sometimes uh, the people around me are not gonna understand what I believe and what I'm going through and it's gonna be culturally different and, and sometimes a bit awkward. So sometimes I just need to hang in there and trust and know that he is there with me and trust him and know that he is the greatest and know that he is gonna be first in my life and know that when everything feels like it's fallen apart, that he's actually right there holding it together. And so today we're gonna spend a little bit more time in uh, singing some songs to God. We're gonna sing this song called Anchor. And I love this song because it really speaks out of a lot of what Paul is talking about in here. We'll be singing and declaring the greatness of God, that His name is greater than anything else, that He is higher than anything else. But also it speaks to this picture of Christ being an anchor for us, that He holds it all together, that He doesn't abandon us, that He doesn't leave us, that He came not just to reconcile us in an act, but He actually came so that we would not be strangers with God, but friends with God. That we would be in relationship with Christ. That 
our relationship with Him would be something that we can relate to and it would be visible. And I think this morning that's something worth singing about. There's something worth praising about. There's something worth declaring in this place. Because that is what holds it all together. Can't do it ourselves. We just need to hang on. So I wonder if I could pray for us this morning. If we could just close our eyes across this place. And this morning I just wanted to, to pray for a couple of different types of people before we sing. And, and firstly, I just feel like there's some people here this morning where you say, Christ is not the first or the greatest in my life. But that's where I want Him to be. I want to put Him first. I want to recognize His greatness. I, I know that he, he, is, he is God over all things. And I want Him to be the greatest in my life. And maybe you've done that before, but you're in a place where you would say, that's not my journey right now. Christ is not first in my life. Or maybe you've never done that before. And today you're gonna wanna make a decision to say, I wanna begin to explore what it looks like to live my life with Christ as the greatest. Maybe you could just put your hand up this morning in response to, to what God is saying to you. And I would love to pray for you if that's you. So if that's you, you wanna put up your hand and I'll, I'll pray for you in a moment. Once, it, once it's gone up, you can, you can put that down, that's okay. That's awesome. Is there anyone else before I pray that you want to declare Christ as the, the first and the greatest in your life? That's awesome. Let, let me pray for, for those people who raise their hand. 